Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong. I am your other host today, Josh Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. Murph. We haven't done that in a while. <laughs> it was DJ. DJ's the one that started that way oh, back really? when. really? That's funny. That's great. That's why. That's why. Uh, <laughs> we are back at upgrading the pre-cons from Baldur's Gate, Battle for Baldur's Gate, specifically the new Commander Legends set. Uh, and... As always, the exercise is very simple. 10 cards in, 10 cards out. Total budget of around $30, uh, although some people have gotten a lot lower, and actually we're saving some on this one as well. So really exciting. This one is the Mind Flayers. The Demir Horrors Precon. I can't believe they named the deck this. I love it. The sense of humor is great. So we're going to get into it and upgrade this deck today. But before we do... It's time to talk about our sponsors. That's right, channelfireball.com slash command. That's the number one place to go if you're a fan of the command zone and a fan of getting magic cards. And trust me, I think all of us out here are fans of getting brand new magic cards, whether it's sealed product at great prices or the single that you want, the specific foil, the specific edition. You're going to find it on the Channel Fireball Marketplace because you're also shopping from local game stores from around the country. So why don't you go on and go ahead, type that URL in, channelfireball.com slash command, and when you get there, even if you forget to add command to the URL, you can add that code at checkout. Get the cards you need in great condition and in great time so that you can upgrade your precons or buy the precon for yourself to upgrade yourself. And when you get those cards, when you buy these precons, Murph, they don't come with sleeves. No, they don't. So I should go to uh, shop <laughs> to shop.ultrapro.com slash command that's right you can buy all sorts of different sleeves there whether you're going for the art sleeves or the eclipse sleeves or even inner sleeves if you want to double sleeve your deck ultra pro has all of that product as well as the playmats deck boxes basically anything you need to make your battlefield complete and you're going to need to do that when you're playing with these decks because no one wants to just bare bones shuffle a deck without any sleeves on it and I damage those some, cards i do that sometimes Jimmy. oh gross <laughs> well don't be that person <laughs> don't, especially don't be like me yeah well you could you could but then get the sleeves and feel how much better it go. is to shuffle with that nice shuffle feel shop.ultrapro.com slash command or just shop from ultra pro from your local game store and support them that way last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone we've upgraded our patreon recently i just played some games with some amazing patrons over spell table mm -hmm. that's open to certain tiers every single day josh and i are in our discord which is open to all tiers of the patreon answering questions and also engaging that community there that's an amazing community of 
magic players, super bright minds that will be there to help you with your questions, answer some real questions, or even just sit there and discuss what you might do for the Mind Flayers deck. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash command zone. And we also shout out one lucky patron every single month. So this episode is dedicated to, to Alex Shaw. Shaw. Alex, you rock. You rock, Alex. Oh, also, I, I said every month. I meant every episode. Every episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's get right into it. The Mind Flayers pre-con budget upgrade guide. 10 cards in, 10 cards out. But first, let's talk about the commander on the deck as well as the secondary commander. Uh, so Murph, read off Captain Nagathrod. I'm going to go with Nagathrod. That sounds Gathrod. about right. Yes. It's a three blue-black legendary creature horror pirate. Horrors you control have menace. And whenever a horror you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills that many cards. Mm. But the most important text. At the beginning of your end step, choose target artifact or creature card in an opponent's graveyard that was put there from their library this turn. Put that onto the battlefield under your control. Okay, so you're cheating out something that got milled into an opponent's library, and it's, it goes onto the battlefield under your control? Yeah, you're not casting it, nothing. You're just like taking it from a graveyard, put it into play. You yeah. have it now. Two artifact words. or creature. So yes. plenty of artifacts and magic, plenty of creatures and magic. You're not getting enchantments. You're not getting instants or sorceries uh, or planeswalkers, but it seems pretty good. Yeah. And of course, the Gathrod is also a horror pirate. So it has, and horrors have menace, which mm -hmm. makes it easier to deal that combat damage, start milling stuff. And that's pretty interesting. Yeah. That is notable that because Captain Gathrod is a horror, it will affect their own right. uh, stats like it gives itself menace and yeah. it gives itself the ability to mill things when it hits yeah but here's the thing it doesn't matter if you're milling with the horrors or you're just milling in general because it says a artifact or creature that was put there from their library this turn yes so even if they entomb something before your end step that also will count yes okay uh so that is the main commander on the front it's blue black however with all of the pre-cons they also have a commander that is a commander that cares about choosing a background and we'll go into super in-depth detail about the backgrounds and the commanders in another episode but for the sake of this episode it is a mono blue commander that says choose a background and of course the background is going to be a black card so that you can still maintain that blue black identity should you choose to put these two in front yeah so we have zealix sanity flayer two in the blue for a two three horror its first ability is called Hive Mind. Whenever a player mills one or more creature cards, you create a 1-1 black horror creature token. Very cool. And then you can pay one mana and tap Zelix to have target player mill three cards. Okay. Also pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And it also has choose a background on it. Yep. Obviously, so it goes with the background. Yep. And the background is just like partner with or the friends forever mechanic. It only goes with commanders that say choose a background and the card needs to be a background. Yep. However, it can add another color to your commander's identity. So we have Haunted One, which is two in a black for a legendary enchantment background it says commander creatures you own have whenever this creature becomes tapped it and other creatures you control that share a creature type with it each get plus two plus zero and gain undying until end of turn and undying is whenever a creature with undying dies if it had no plus one plus encounters on it return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a plus one plus encounter on it so this is nice obviously with zelix you're tapping zelix to use the mill ability and then when that happens uh it and other creatures you control that are that share a creature type with it, horror, most likely, will get plus two plus zero and gain undying. So if they die, they don't have a plus one plus encounter, they come back to the battlefield a little bit buffer and stronger than before. Yeah, it's a lot of abilities uh, yeah. by pairing those two things together, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. So Zelix is, you know, a pretty decent mill engine. Not great, uh, but milling someone, including yourself, by the way, for three cards. Yep. Uh, and Zelix also will trigger if you mill yourself and you get a creature into the, the graveyard. Yeah, because it's whenever a player, not whenever an opponent. Yeah, so but that's it's, pretty cool. it's not an amazing payoff, uh, but it does seem pretty good with Captain Nagathrod, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk about 
my favorite section of each of these episodes is the this week on stats we're looking at the ramp card draw single target removal and wipes and just like the other pre-cons the numbers are pretty well balanced so we have 11 cards at ramp yep uh, that can ramp and this is blue black by the way so most likely they're in the artifact range they're not you're know, like your uh, rampant growth yeah most of them are uh, the artifacts uh, you have eight sources of card draw. Now, I will note that Captain Nagathrod's ability is kind of like card draw because you are caring about what enters your opponent's graveyards and you can put that on the battlefield under your, under your control. Mm -hmm. So it's not technically drawing cards, but it is giving you card advantage by giving you permanence. Uh, there are 11 sources of single target removal, which is pretty high, uh, yeah. but also good. They, they usually pack these pre-cons pretty high with single target removal and then go a little bit low on the board wipes. They yeah. kind, of, kind of encourage that interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the board wipes in this one is three board wipes. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, there are cards that are tied to the theme of the deck itself. So, Murph, what do we have here? Yeah, so everything on the horror theme, we have about 38 cards. Wow, that's over a third of the deck. Which is a lot. Almost 40% of the deck right there. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because the face commander says, hey, play horrors. Yeah, they that have menace. That you're going to mill your opponents and you're going to get sweet cards as a result. Plus, there hasn't really been like any uh, deck or legendary creature that has specifically cared about horrors. I think there was one in Midnight Hunt, actually, that cared oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. like horrors and nightmares. Yeah. But there hasn't been like a pre-con commander, face commander, that has really enabled this strategy. Yeah, so 38 horror creatures, or creatures that relate to the horror theme. Uh, nine sources of mill, that includes Zelix. Uh, and then 13 cards that care about your graveyard or have recursion tied to them. So that makes a lot of sense as well. If you're milling yourself or others, you're going to want to be able to get those cards back from the graveyard pretty good stats overall uh i think the ramp and card draw is right around the same amount maybe i'd want a little more card draw in there yeah um, i'd agree it's in blue and black right these cards these colors are very good at drawing cards notably um so let's talk about the deck value so as always we don't take account the pr we take the prices into account when we do the set review because mm -hmm. obviously when the deck is previewed and spoiled then the cards will all fluctuate in value and we only care about the reprints because we know the prices of them we don't actually know the prices of the new cards so of the 70 cards in this deck we added up the total reprint value and we got 106 dollars and 35 cents which is very good. Yeah. We've seen with all the pre-cons so far that they've actually been very high on the reprint value. And the average pre-con reprint value going back three years is around $80. So this is above par. And again, we actually don't know what cards like Captain the Gathrod and Zelix mm -hmm. and Haunted One are going to be worth when they come out. So this number could actually be much, much higher. But we're just talking about the reprints here. Yeah, definitely. I, I think around the $100 range is what some of the more recent pre-cons have been. It's been like yep. 9200 I think. Yeah. It's probably yep. a little bit more accurate. Yeah. Uh, some have gone above like uh, the Lorehold mm -hmm. deck from Strixhaven. Like, that was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but there's also been a couple that have languished around the 85. So yeah. I, I think I'm pretty happy with the, like, 106. Yeah. So let's talk about the Noble Reprint. So these are all the cards that are worth more than $2. And mm -hmm. this is great. There were seven cards that were $5 or more. Typically, the number is, like, two or three. Yeah, usually there's only, like... Yeah, th there are only two or three. But uh, yeah. this definitely has some spicy ones that yeah. I really like. <laughs> and then there are 16 cards that are $2 or more. So you can see where the reprint value is coming from. It's not sort of a bunch of cards that are worth just a little bit. There are a, a few very high up uh, price price cards which is great yeah so let's so, talk about the the seven cards that are five dollars or more because i think those are the more interesting ones mm -hmm, certainly uh so we got hunted horror it's black black only two mana for a creature horror that's a seven seven it's got trample wow what's the downside when it enters the battlefield target opponent creates two three three green centaur creature tokens with protection from black Okay, so technically your commander gives this menace. However, those three threes have pro black. They could both easily sit there and block your horror. But this is commander. 
you don't need to be attacking that player necessarily. You could be going after someone else. Exactly. And just give them to another opponent, an opponent that you're just generally friendly with, and you get a two mana seven seven that can just start attacking. Yeah, and maybe their centaurs with the pro black is actually really good against another player, yeah. and they care less so about you. They're just happy to have the bodies. So you can always play the hunted cards. I love seeing them in decks. You can definitely add a little political spin to them as well. Yeah. Also importantly, I don't believe the three three green centaur creature tokens with pro black have ever been printed before. Really? Yes. Uh, because I remember running Hunted Horror in a deck and I was looking for those tokens and online said, well, they just don't exist. And well, so, they might exist in this pre-con. Pretty we, sure we, they Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, maybe we, they always come with the tokens and stuff, so we may actually see the first time they ever get printed, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but that one was from Original Ravnica, so it's been creeping up in price. It's not the most powerful card in the world, but it's really good to have yeah. something like that see a reprint. It was sitting at $12. Yeah. Again, Black Black for a 7-7 seven, seven Trample that synergizes really well with the commander. It might be one of the better cards in the deck. Definitely. All right, next so we got lightning greaves uh this is just a classic two mana artifact equipment and equip creature gives haste and shroud and very specifically equip costs zero yes so this is an always going to be a powerful spell in magic the two mana realm is sort of like the lowest i think that we're really going to see the power level go we're not going to see too many one mana zero mana cards in commander i th hopefully no more jeweled though this is <laughs> Uh, you so say that, Jimmy. I say yet. that now, yeah. <laughs> Someone will, will clip this a year from now and go like, ha-ha, look at what you <laughs> Joke's said. Joke's on you. But Lightning Greaves is, again, just a classic card. This was at $7.30. Yeah. just shows how good this card is. Lightning Greaves is legit just one of the best cards in Commander. And it's one of those cards, just like Solar Ring, where if it isn't printed into the ground, then it'll just start creeping up, start yeah. creeping up, start creeping up. Yeah. And there have been a couple pre-cons where it's been missing, and so that's probably why it's been going up in value a little bit. Yep. And again, equip cost zero. So good. You can switch it around on your creatures as well when you're done for no mana at all. So good. Uh, next up, we got Herald's Horn, which is three generic mana for an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creature spells you cast of the chosen type cost one less to cast. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card of the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. All right, so this can just draw you a bunch of cards. It's kind of like a mana rock, but it's going to do a mana reduction on all of your horrors, most likely. Yes. Uh, this is just another very, now that tribes and we have more and more tribal support, um, this card is just always going to be very good. This was at $7.25. Yeah, that's one that was printed in the C17 decks, I believe, for mm -hmm. the first time. Yeah, and then the, it like, just. Or dragon decks, right? It gets like pretty sparse reprintings, and so it's always hanging around that 5 to $10 range. I, th I think it like went above that for a little bit for a little bit yeah yeah but it, i'm glad to see them recognize that this card needs some reprint start putting it in some decks yep and of course all the tribal decks are very good with it yes uh next up is a card that we all love here at the office it's leyline of anticipation not as good as vidalcan orry jimmy you can't put nah, it in every deck yeah, yeah you can't put it in every deck <laughs> no I, wait it's strictly better because yeah if it's in your opening hand you may begin the game with it on the battlefield and it uh, says two blue blue you may cast spells as though they had flash so it's the vidalcan orry text this is just a great card uh, because you, in the off chance you do have in your opening hand, you start off at a massive advantage. Um, and, you know, that was at six bucks. Yeah. Also great to see a reprint. Although I wish they would do Vidalcan Ori one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. Maybe, yeah, maybe they maybe they saw us loving it so much and they're like, you know, what, let's not give it to them. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> I love this next card too. Oh, yeah. It's a Curtain's Call. So it's five and a black for an instant. Little steep, but it has Undaunted. So it costs one less to cast for each opponent. Destroy two target creatures. Yep. So if you have three opponents, like a normal commander game, then this is reduced by three. So it only costs a total of three mana. And three mana instant yeah. speed destroyed two target creatures is a very, very good rate. Yeah, that's very, very powerful. Two and a black for an instant speed destroying two target creatures. And even if you have two opponents left, that's three and a black destroy two target creatures. Still pretty good. 
Um, so this card was sitting around $6 as well. It's going to just be one of those, I think, evergreen, very good in commander cards. And look, maybe if someday people start playing with five people in our playgroup, it's going to cost one of the black. Yes, it's great if you play with more than four people in a playgroup, but if you only have like three or something... It's still good. It's still, still good. Very good, yeah. Uh, this next one is one of the most powerful creatures printed recently, I think. It's yeah. Holebreaker Horror. Five blue blue for a seven eight Kraken Horror. It has flash, and the spell can't be countered. And it says, whenever you cast a spell, choose up to one of the two tar- of these next two abilities. The first is return target spell you don't control to its owner's hand. Wow. So it's kind of like uh, unsubstantiate. Yeah. Or return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So it's like a cyclonic rift or just a, a bounce spell. Yeah. This card is insanely powerful. You see it all over Commander. You see it in CDH. Even mm-hmm. so, like, this card is just completely nuts. If somebody is able to resolve this and protect it, uh, you, you don't even have to try hard to protect it because it protects itself. It can't be countered. Can't be countered. You can play a spell and return a spell to its owner's hand. So if somebody goes to try to remove it, you can just be like, I'll play opt. Yeah. Or something like that. Back and the bounce that spell back. They do have the choice to play it again, but man it's just so brutal to try to get rid of yeah and it's also a horror so it synergizes really well with the deck you can play a spell bounce a blocker your horrors have menace you're definitely getting through with some damage thanks to the Hullbreaker horror and that was a five dollar card too yeah that makes sense yeah probably gonna keep going up too because yeah. uh, it's a really good one it's a really good one and i mean it, this is the perfect place to reprint it i don't know if they'll find perfect places in the future but it's got it's a very powerful spell and it has flash on top of everything else so good so good. Uh, next up, we got Black Markets. Three black black for an enchantment. Whenever a creature dies, put a charge counter on Black Markets. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, add a black for each charge counter on Black Market. Okay. This is an oldie but a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. They've reprinted this a couple times in Commander sets, but this just can add an absurd amount of black mana to your mana pool, because whenever a creature dies, you get a charge counter. Maybe this has three charge counters, and all of a sudden, you're getting three extra black mana every pre-combat main phase. That number's only going to go up. I sometimes see people just never remove this card, too. Yeah, what's the most amount of mana you've ever gotten with the Black Market? 13 to 15, I think, was when it was not. It was like post-board wipe, post a couple of combats. Best I've done was a 30. A 30? 30 Black Market. Wow. Would you believe I won that game? Yeah, no kidding. You could just resolve Torment of Hailfire at that point and just instantly win, Yeah, you right? can play whatever and yeah. just instantly win. Like, Black Markets, it's a little slow. Yeah, five, five mana is a lot, right? Yeah, and you're in blue-black, you don't have an um, uh, amazing ramp as well, so you may find that you play this sometimes on a board that does nothing. But other times, if you're just in a game that gets board-wiped a couple of times, and even if your creatures aren't dying, other people are just swinging at each other, they're goaded or whatever. Because yeah, whenever a creature dies, not yeah. just yours. Yeah, and it also doesn't care if it's token or non-token, so there are ways that this card just gets out of control really quickly. Yeah. It's kind of like a Black's version of Carpet of Flowers a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not as good, but... No, definitely not as good. Still pretty fun. Yeah. All right, next up, our card's under $5, but above $2, and a lot of these are still pretty valuable. So we got Mind Crank. So this is an artifact. Whenever an opponent loses life, that player mills that many cards. Obviously, you can tell why it's good here. Not only are you milling them when you attack them with your Menace Horrors, but now the combat damage that they that gets done, they mill that many more cards. Yes, definitely. So you're probably going to find a creature or an artifact to place on your battlefield with Nagathod. Um, and this was an uncommon, and it was a little less than $4. I'm, I'm glad because no one common should really realistically be over a couple bucks, honestly. <laughs> Tell that to Lightning Greaves. <laughs> uh, and then next up, we have Spell Skite. This is, ch- check it out, it's a horror. It's a 0-4, is a horror. So it's not going to really do any damage, but it does have a really important ability. We can pay a Phyrexian mana or a blue mana to change the target of a target spell or ability to Spell Skite. So it can basically suck up, uh, suck up a removal spell or a bounce spell or whatever it is and have it target itself. Yep. Uh, and you can do it with no mana open because you can pay two life for it. Yep. It does have zero power, but... 
that's fine. Like your deck is already synergizing with horrors anyway, so yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, next up is Tainted Isle. It's a lands you can tap for a colorless, or you can tap it for a blue or a black. But you can only activate that ability if you control a swamp. Yep, these lands are really good in two color decks. Yes, um, very good, very very good. Yeah. So this was at like three bucks fifty cents. So it's good to see this back. Yep. Uh, next up is Nemesis of Reason. Oh, I love this card. <laughs> three blue and black for a 3-7 horror Leviathan. Uh, whenever it attacks, defending player mills 10 cards. Wow. <laughs> so that's powerful, right? That instantly gets the mill in. 10 cards off the opponent's library. If you don't find an artifact or a creature to put in the battlefield with your commander, then you got very unlucky, I think. Yeah. I, I see this one in the like, Phoenix lists a lot because it has high toughness. Yeah. So it'll usually get through, or even if it doesn't get through, it won't die in combat because mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. only cares about the attack trigger. So even so, like it's just milling a lot. Even if you attack and they manage to group block it and kill it, you're fine with that because you still milled them 10 cards and you're probably going to get something even better yeah. off their library. Yeah. It's a horror. Cares about milling. Great fit for this deck. Great fit for the deck. Next up is Memory Plunder, which is hybrid blue black, hybrid blue black, hybrid blue black, hybrid blue black. All right, so are all the ways you can pay for this, Murph? Go. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. it, but you can pay any combination of blue and black as long as it adds up to four total mana to cast this instant. That's correct. Uh, it's an instant you can cast target instant or sorcery card from an opponent's graveyard without paying its mana cost. Yeah, so this is really good. This is a great way for blue to get access, blue and black to get access to spells they normally don't get to cast. Yeah. Uh, you could cast, a, you know, a, a, a rampant growth off of this if you really want to <laughs> yeah usually this isn't the worst even if you're not milling but especially in a mill deck and you're probably picking out the creatures and artifacts already right, with the commander right. and you're leaving the cool instants and sorceries still in there so memory plunder can just pluck out the best of those and yeah. cast it for free imagine if you mill a you know uh extra turn spell extra turn spell or an expropriate or any of those <laughs> no. massive spells now you're gonna get it at instant speed as well so that's really powerful really like this card and it synergizes as well uh next up is another land river of tears it's a land that says tap add blue if you play the land this turn add black instead so this is a little weird of a land because you don't get to always choose to add black but when you play another land then you can add black instead of blue um but it's still a dual land and it's a card that works well again in these types of decks that's two colors yep untapped can produce blue or black usually pretty good yeah you want typically blue but if you're dropping lands then you can do black as well and by the time that you know, you get three or four or five lands out. This won't matter anymore. It's just a blue land. Yeah. So that one's a couple bucks. Uh, next up is Chasm Skulker. It's two and a blue for a squid horror. Whenever you draw a card, put a 1-1 counter on it. It starts out as a 1-1. And when it dies, create X-1-1 blue squid creature tokens with Island Walk, where X is the number of plus one plus one counters on Chasm Skulker. Very cool. So even if it dies, you're making a bunch of low 1-1 squiddies, and they'll probably be able to swing in and attack someone and kill them yeah hopefully it's a lot of fun it does have to die a little bit of a downside but it's just a fun card it's a really cool card yeah it's a horror as well yeah Uh, however the squids you make are not horrors correct just so you know but that's Uh, okay they have island walk they can usually get through a lot of stuff this is one of the best cards in my chaser by the way (laughs) chasm skulker yeah because you can sack it when it has a plus one plus one counter on it and it comes back oh yeah and then you can make more squids and you just keep making them just keep looping just keep looping looping and looping all right thought vessel is the uh next card up two mana artifact you have no maximum hand size add a colorless mana yep that's a it's a mana rock it's a good mana rock Yep. It's about all there's to say. We've about seen one. actually that uh, Reliquary Tower has been climbing up in price as well because of the static ability. You have no maximum hand size. Yeah. So Thought Vessel is a great card for that. Not to mention, we've also created an incredible animation for it for Game Nights. <laughs> Love it. All right. The last card on the more than $2 that we're going to talk about today is a just a regular card draw spell. 
Yep, it's a uh, pull from tomorrow. X blue blue for an instant. Draw X cards, then discard a card. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Uh, X draw spells. Yeah, because it's instant speed. It's only blue blue. It's it doesn't have that additional three mana. Yeah. And usually, of all the cards that you draw, there's one that, or a couple that you don't care about like, or want to be in the graveyard or want to be in the graveyard. Yeah. Also, that's that's definitely the case. Yeah, because maybe you're pulling a creature that you want to reanimate later or an instant or sorcery you want to buy back somehow. So there's lots of almost always in blue black, especially graveyard decks. You're happy to discard the card. In fact, that's an upside, not a downside. It's got a lot of utility. Okay, so those are the reprints. We've talked about the stats. We've talked about the commanders. Murph, when you looked at this deck, which card did you think would be the lead singer? Who should be the correct commander to run? Uh, Honestly, if you decide to run the backgrounds, the monocolor background commander, that's not an awful decision. Zalix uh, and Haunted One. Zalix and Haunted One, yes. Yeah, uh, Haunted One is really good in a tribal deck because it cares about all the horrors you're putting out. Yeah, and like it, it's pretty good, and they have a decent amount of synergy with the rest of the deck, again, because it makes horrors, yeah. cares about milling, uh, but I think we still want Captain Nagathrod as the lead commander. I believe so. Uh, my biggest issue with uh, these two monocolor background Haunted One and Zelix is that they're both three mana, which is uh, just so clunky when you're trying to play because one's at three mana, one's at three mana. Which one do you play on turn three? Yeah. Okay, and then you're on turn four. Now you play a three drop and you just feel like you're missing out on value. Yeah, I have a mana left over. What do I do with it? Uh, maybe that's the turn you play a Thought Vessel and use that mana to tap for the other three drop. But yeah, it is a little clunky. And yeah. notably with the backgrounds, they don't just get to sit in your command zone and do their ability. You have to play them. Exactly. Yeah, so I agree there. And I think you're just happy to draw Haunted One with Nagathrod out or Zelix. Yeah, honestly, you're happy to draw either of them with yeah. Nagathrod outs. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, let's talk about the best cards in the deck. There are two of them here. One of them is a brand new one, and one of them is a classic. The first up is... A classic. A classic, yeah. It's Consuming Aberration. Three blue and a black for a star, star horror. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyard. All your opponents. Yeah, so all together. This can sometimes just be like a (laughs) 50-50. And whenever you cast a spell, each opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a land card, then puts those cards into their graveyard. So if you have Consuming Aberration out, you can just literally cast Captain Nagathrod and then that's going to mill every single opponent, and then the second ability, or the third ability on Captain Gathard will trigger, and you can get something back from that. Yeah, exactly. Consuming Aberration is one of those cards that, in the right deck, it just snowballs so quickly, mm-hmm. because like it's really, really big, usually when it starts out. Like e- Even if you've just playing, been playing the game without doing any milling, by the time you get it out, there'll be... Maybe it's a 6-6, six, six, something like that. Yeah, but then you cast one spell, and blam, it's a 12-12. Exactly. Cast one spell, another spell, it's a 25-25. Yeah, and so Consuming Aberration works very, very well, because if it has a clear path, then not only are you doing a ton of damage to somebody, but you might be able to get 25 cards milled, or something like that. Make and it's a huge creature. Yeah. And it make has it, Menace, by the way. Yeah, make it even bigger, and then you can cast something because why not with Captain Nagathrod? Yeah, and then if you swing and hit someone with a 40-40, they mill 40 cards, you're definitely going to get a very cool hit from no, there. No, if you, if you hit them with a 40-40, they die, Jimmy. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> At that's that point, good. we're not worried about getting extra value. We're just killing people. Yeah, aberration. Yeah, okay, fine. A <laughs> little bit of evasion on consuming aberration can just start one-shotting people. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. All right, the next best card in the deck is a brand new one. I'm excited about this. What is it? Yeah, so this one is Grell Philosopher. 
It's a two and a blue creature human wizard. Horror wizard. Uh, horror wizard, excuse me. It does not look human. <laughs> it does not it look like a human. Art, it is not very humanoid. Uh, whenever Grail Philosopher enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep, each horror you control has all activated abilities of target artifacts and opponent controls until end of turn. You may spend blue mana as though it were mana of any color to activate these abilities. Oh, interesting. So, what like, do you see happening here? Basically, if your entire commander table does not have a mana rock on the table something has gone horribly wrong <laughs> so base level all of your horrors in the deck will be able to tap for mana yeah if someone has a soaring out congratulations not just that they gain all activated abilities so if they have a staff of domination yes and all of your horrors gain the staff of domination text um but i think you're going to target like an arcane signet or a yeah you know I, I think the floor for this card is you hit an arcane signet even better you get like a soul ring or something like that yeah even better than that you get again something like a staff of domination where has a ton of options tons of activated abilities mm -hmm. honestly even when that type of thing happens you might still want to target soul ring because it gives it to all of your horrors yeah the kind of nice thing too is that this doesn't just happen once it's once on the atb so let's say you only have the growth philosopher out nah it's a little bummer but on the upkeep it also does it again and again and again and again so you may be able to grow your board and then give all of those creatures on your board a very good ability and do it every single upkeep as long as the growth philosopher sticks around yeah i mean if you read grell philosopher as during your turn all of your horrors become soul rings like that's pretty good yeah it's very very good um and even at its very worst you know what they're like mind stones great now your horrors can draw you a card yeah right so yeah. there's always going to be some upside here and I, and like you said what i mean what if someone has mana vault and they can't untap it or grim monolith too right yeah so you can really even mana crypt yeah, you can have mana crypts, mana vaults, all that stuff. You can tap them for mana, but then they no longer have those... Uh, downsides. Yeah, they no longer have those downsides. I was going to say that's uh, the thing goes away, but they don't even get the downside of those. They don't get the doesn't untap. They yeah, only get the activated turn. abilities. Yeah, yeah. So it goes to the end of turn, they lose the thing that says this stays tapped or whatever, and then goes to your untap upkeep. They untap, and then they can choose something else again. You don't even get like the uh, the damage dealt from like mana crypt and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, because it's beginning of upkeep has already happened by the time this trigger has yeah, resolved. Yeah, very cool. All right, so we've now covered the commander, the stats, the reprint value. Coming up next is the most exciting part of the episode for a lot of you. It's what <laughs> cards we're taking out and what cards we're putting into this deck to make it super tuned up on a budget and to be able to compete with some better decks around the table. But before we do that, let's hear a message from our mid-roll sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone, we are back talking about the Mind Flayers deck. 10 cards to take out, 10 cards to put in with a budget of around $30. So before we get into those cards, Murph, your evaluation of the deck right out of the box, what did you think? What was your goal in making these ads and cuts? And what did you think, sort of like, what, was your, what were you prioritizing? Yeah, so the deck isn't too bad out of the box, I think. Uh, it has a lot of the right numbers, the 11 ramp, uh, mm-hmm. 11 seal, target removals, all totally fine. Um, the card draw is a little bit low, so I thought, well, we might want to increase that just a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe with like one or two other pieces. Um, but the thing that surprised me the most is how heavily this deck leaned into the horror uh, synergies. Uh, okay, yeah, there's, uh, like we wrote, there are 38 horror cards yes. or horror synergies. That's a huge number of the deck. Whereas there's only about nine cards that care about milling. And I feel like for this deck to function to its most optimal, especially mm-hmm. with Nagathrod as the commander, you do want to have a little bit more mill in there. Yeah. Because with the horrors, it's great because you can mill things with it, but you have to do a lot of setup in order to get that mill Yeah, you actually going. have to do combat damage with yes. the, the commander out. You gotta play a horror, you have to wait a turn, and then you have to get combat damage through, mm-hmm. which the commander does help with, gives menace, but if your horror is like a 3-3, that's not the most helpful thing in the world. Yeah. Because there's plenty of bigger things out there in commander. And the last thing you want to do is the person goes, okay, sure, yeah, hit me with their 2-2, and they mill two cards, and it's a land and an instant. Yeah, so I think like, if, ah, poop. <laughs> if you really want to get, be getting like all those end step triggers with Nagathrod, you really, really want to be able to have those mill cards so that you can play Captain Nagathrod, play a mill card, and then you're off to the races yeah and there are 187 cards that can be horrors in magic or are horrors not counting changelings yeah and so you ask the question should you build this in a straight horror tribal but it looks like there's enough cards already yeah there's definitely enough cards in there already and most of the good ones are already in this deck Mm -hmm. like i I was looking through every single one of the ones on scryfall thinking hmm okay would any of these horrors actually add to this deck would they help it and honestly i could not find any wow okay so they did a good job selecting the best horrors yes, for the deck i um, think so and so let's go into the exercise then of what you decided to do so this first category is pretty obvious you were looking to add some better mill yeah so i think the mill that we're looking for is we're looking for a mill that is cheap mm-hmm. uh low mana cost and it wants to mill multiple opponents all at once Ah, uh, okay we don't yeah. want targeted mill it's not the end of the world if it's targeted mill but i think trying to affect everybody at once just gives you so many more options for nagathrod's ability yeah you that want that's probably to, what you want you want to up your chance of hitting an artifact or creature at the moment exactly yeah for sure yeah so we got stuff like maddening cacophony it's from uh, zendikar rising it's one in blue sorcery uh each opponent mills eight cards but it also has kicker for three in a blue and if the spell is kicked instead each opponent mills half their library rounded up yeah, so you're probably going to get the best cards out of most people's libraries if you do that. So that's going to be a six mana spell. But even one in the blue, each opponent milling eight cards, that's 24 cards around the table milling. Typically. Yeah, 24 cards, you're almost certainly going to hit a creature that's pretty good Yeah, from all that. I, again, it entirely depends on the meta yeah, and yeah. what's going on. But, but here's the thing, you also don't want to just count on just one thing to mill. You want to have more consistent sources of mill too, right? 
Yeah. So we got things like Rune Crab, which is just a blue for a crab. <laughs> it's a creature. It's a zero three, but it's got landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent mills three cards. Wow, three cards. So one land, three cards. A fetch land equals six cards per opponent. So this is getting close to the power of Madden Cacophony, but you get to do this over and over again every yes. single turn. Every single turn. So you can play it out early, start getting some stuff into the graveyard already, mm-hmm. but then even so you're probably still going to be playing lands later on in the game so it just keeps that value engine going yep i like this next one quite a bit altar of the brood one mana for an artifact whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control including lands each opponent puts the top card of their library into their graveyard so this with ruin crab each land mills every player four cards yeah this was one of the slightly more expensive ads this one's hovering around like five bucks Mm -hmm. something like that uh but i thought that's it was pretty warranted because again it's only one mana to play yeah and you are going to be playing permanence on your turn like that's just a fact you're going to be playing horrors you're going to be playing lands yeah uh any other creatures that the deck might have uh so honestly altar of the brood just seems like a pretty good include for again being able to get that captain nagathrod trigger yeah it's gonna just do a lot of work for you over the long game yeah also like by stacking all of these mill cards in the deck it also suddenly becomes a lot more likely that you might be able to win through mill that's no longer out of the question yeah especially with madden cacophony you're at that point now where it's like okay i can really reduce some deck sizes here yeah because i don't think with nine mill cards that that's even close to enough no, for what you need definitely to not. maybe make that a win con yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, again it, it's not necessarily our primary strategy our main strategy but it is something that the deck can definitely do yep uh got some more mill cards court of cunning one blue blue for an enchantment when it enters the battlefield you become the monarch okay monarch always a fun mechanic and at the beginning of your upkeep any number of target players each mill two cards that's okay but if you're the monarch each of those players mills 10 cards instead okay that's suddenly a lot more attractive yeah very much so and actually i like reading the court cards as one blue blue in this case one blue blue at the end of your turn, draw a card, discard a card, and then there's added abilities on to the other part of it. Because you're yes. still going to get two cards if you're not the monarch, if someone gets taken from you. But that's a good thing. It means people had to swing at you, which means they're open for you to swing at them with menace. Exactly. Because right? what you want is you want attacking to happen. Because the more attacking that happens, the more likely it is that you'll be able to get through with your horrors. Yeah. And if you do get through with your horrors, especially on the person that is the monarch, well then, guess what? You got to draw another card at the end of your turn, and you're milling them by for 10 cards which is huge yeah each player for 10 every turn like if you can keep that up you're you're golden you're in business and it's only three mana so it's not that big of an investment yep uh next up we have imperious mindbreaker another milk card one blue blue for a human wizard one four with soul bound so you can pair this with another unpaired creature when it enters the battlefield and as long as they're both there they are they remain paired so as long as imperious mindbreaker is paired with another creature each of those creatures have whenever this creature attacks each opponent mills cards equal to its toughness yeah so the toughness is the key part here it works yeah. very very well with captain nagathrod because nagathrod has a toughness of six a three six yeah and this yes. is a one four so you play this you pair it with nagathrod and now you're milling people for 10 when they both attack yes wow so it's and it's each opponent by the way it is each opponent's yeah. again we're trying to get that each opponent thing going so that we can mill the maximum amount of things yep and if you stack a couple of these effects of milling 10 cards every single turn that adds up very very quickly it does not take much more than that yeah for opponents to like completely mill out and hey you might just pull out the cards as well from don't forget you're getting artifacts and creatures you're getting ramp or you're getting really big scary threats that are going to stop them from trying to kill you exactly uh next up we have a card that's also doubles 
as uh, it's part of the mill plan but also card draw because this deck could use another piece or two of card draw court of cunning by the way also card draw because a monarch I would true say. true um this one is drown in dreams it's x two and a blue from uh midnight hunt commander mm-hmm. i believe it's an instant choose one if you control your commander you can choose both target player draws x cards and target player mills twice x cards mm. so this is basically just stroke of genius which is already a very good very playable card uh with the added bonus that if your commander's out then you get, you get mill a mill x cards. twice x cards yeah which x is going to be like probably four maybe five or something like that so then that's draw four or five cards and have somebody mill 10 yeah and this honestly isn't the worst if you have to cast it during your turn at sorcery speed yes when your commander's out because you're still drawing the cards and you're going to mill an opponent as well and maybe you're going to hit something really cool off. yeah it's really flexible there's really no bad time to play it yeah if you need to refill your hand and you don't have your commander out totally fine go ahead and do it fire it off stroke of genius is a great card that's is totally playable yeah so i really like that as an include very nice uh next up we have some cards that add evasion i really like this first one from the original uh dungeon and dragons set this is cridal of Baldur's gate hey yep of Baldur's gate it did it for only the flavor and the flavor only <laughs> yeah yeah no, but the card's actually really good it's blue black for a one three one it does deals combat damage to a player that player loses one life and mills a card and then you gain one life and scry one yep and whenever you attack you may pay two if you do target creature can't be blocked this turn yeah so my guess with this deck is at least from my experience with it is that you're not usually attacking with a ton of horrors yeah usually only attacking with like a couple because you want to keep something back for defense you can't always go balls to the walls with everything yeah 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 um um, so with this card, you can almost certainly get at least one thing through. You can get that combat damage on one thing through. Yeah, and Cradle lands early, and if it's just Cradle out there attacking, you can also... I mean, you may be able to play Cradle in turn two and hit someone without having to pay for the extra cost. And exactly. then they mill a card, lose a life, and you gain a life and scry one. So there's just a lot of value tacked on there. Yeah, it's only a two-man investment to actually play the card. It already starts you on the mill plan, gets you some extra Yeah, uh, Cradle acts life. more of like an enchantment than anything else. But yeah. It can also be a creature that attacks, which is great. Yeah, honestly. Um, and then the next up is a favorite of mine. Also yeah, I was going to from- say, this is definitely a Murph special. <laughs> also from the last uh, Dungeons and Dragons set, uh, Winged Boots, one in a blue, uh, artifact equipment, equipped creature has flying and ward four, equip for one. Wow. Okay. So only one equip cost. It reminds me of Swift Boots a little bit. Ward four isn't hex proof, but somebody need to pay four extra man to target your creature. It's not going to happen very often. Yeah. So again, this is really helpful because it does two things for you. It protects your commander, yep. but it also can move around very, very quickly, very, very easily in order to get the damage through on one of your horrors yeah and the flying i really like because you don't need like hard unblockable always for every single thing because the commander gives menace so yeah. even if somebody has flying like flying menace creature is yeah almost so hard magic. to block yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like winged boots in this slot yeah i like that a lot and the last category we have here of cards to add are graveyard shenanigans the first one is a classic it's animate dead a lot of text on this but basically <laughs> Would you like to read the card Jimmy? no i don't actually want to read the card you're basically enchanting a creature card in the graveyard it comes out and gets minus one minus zero but you can choose any creature from any graveyard notably and it's really cheap to do so one in the black is a very uh cost effective spell yeah uh specifically animate dead i think is a really good include because again you're milling your opponents and you want all your reanimation if possible, to be able to pull stuff from your graveyard yeah. and also their graveyard. Well, here's the thing, too, is that you may not even have your commander out and you're, you may just be incidentally milling people. And at that point, animate deck gets really good because you're not always going to get your commander's triggered ability to yes. get the cards out. You may just want to pull something out of someone's graveyard without needing to worry about, oh, I need to swing and do all X, Y, and Z. Yeah, animate dead, just a naturally good card. Most black decks run it, and I think it especially shines in a deck like this. Yeah, and this next one we talk about all the time, but yep. especially <laughs> in this deck, maybe a win con. Yep, Sir Conrad the Grim, three black black 
black legendary creature human knights whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield or a creature card leaves your graveyard <laughs> sir conrad <laughs> the grim deals one damage to each opponent and then one in the black each player mills a card yes so at worst case you can just activate this a bunch of times when your commander's out and hopefully you hit something mm-hmm. but more importantly you're playing madden cacophony and dealing so much damage to people yes you're doing a bunch of different cards that mill people and blammo your rune crab all of a sudden becomes a win condition with sir conrad out yeah sir conrad is just so so good it goes in a lot of black decks uh, but you're just going to ha- be having a lot of creatures get milled. You'll have creatures die because it has a decent bit of removal in the stack. Mm-hmm. You'll get that a lot. Um, it does have the, or a creature card leaves your graveyard, so it doesn't care about creature cards leaving other yeah, players' graveyards. Graveyard, right. Oh, yeah, so when you pull them out with your commander. Which would be matter. very cool, um, but honestly, Sir Conrad already does so much as yeah. is. It's not the end of the <laughs> yeah, world. You need another <laughs> that, ability added yep, on. Exactly. Yeah, so I really like that. So that's 10 cards, and you actually didn't just get below $30. You got at $20, which is great. Yeah, I looked up all these, rounded to the nearest 10 cents, and it ended up being exactly $20. So how about that? (laughs) How about that? Which means you could spend the extra $10 maybe on a couple of these honorable mentions. Um, I mean, the honorable honorable mentions are a little bit pricier, uh, but I had to just mention them because they're very, very cool. Yeah, the first one's pretty obvious. It's Bruvik, the Grandiloquent. This is two in the blue for a 1-4 from Jumpstart. It's basically the mill commander. Uh, it's if an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many cards instead. So it just doubles up every single mill that you have. Yeah, if your commander cares about milling, we're putting mill cards in the deck. Uh, yeah. It's just very, very good. You can double up on all that. So now instead of milling eight cards, you're milling 16 cards for everybody. Yeah, gets out of hand so, so quick. Yep, yep. And I like this next one a lot too. Maybe you could just find a spe- uh, spot for this if you like it. Yeah, cover of darkness, one in a black for an enchantment. Uh, when it comes into play, choose a creature type. Uh, creatures of the chosen type have fear yep they can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and or black creatures so good chance all of your horrors now are just straight unblockable to at least part of the table and it's only two mana to basically give your entire uh, board unblockable like it's a very very good rates unfortunately both of these are around like the 20 25 dollar range rough so they're a little bit pricey but they are really good things to consider if you're going a little bit above that Mm -hmm. 30 dollar range and hey we already saved you ten dollars so maybe you can take those ten dollars put them towards some of these bingo bango bongo boingo Okay, so those are 10 cards to take uh, to put in a couple of honorable mentions. Now let's talk about the cards that you wanted to take out. Uh, this is typically the hardest part of the uh, exercise, but I love to always hear the reasoning and why you decided to take some of these cards out. Honestly, this was probably the easiest part for me. Really? Oh, yes. perfect. <laughs> love that. Because there's only 187 horrors in all of Magic right. in these colors. And turns out not all of them are winners. <laughs> So in order to get to the 38 mass of things that care about horrors, there have to be some eh, not so good, not so synergistic horrors that are in there. Okay, so let's kick things off then. We got Dross Harvester. It's one black black for a 4-4 protection from white. At the end of your turn, you lose four life. Whenever creatures put into a graveyard from play, you gain two life from play, not even from the deck. Yeah, Hmm. so it doesn't synergize super great with your commander. Uh, It just cares about things that are dying, which... Honestly, the deck doesn't really care about, like, at all. Yeah. It's three man for a 4-4, four, four, which seems nice, but like you said, this doesn't actually do much for you. Yeah. Maybe you'll just get some incidental life gain as the game goes around, but you're yeah. also losing four life at the end of your turn. So even if it was just a three mana 4-4 four, four with, like, no other downside or anything like that, mm-hmm. it's probably still a cut. It's just not great. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, next up is Plague Spitter. This art is pretty hilarious. <laughs> Two in the black for a 2-2. Two, two. 
Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, it deals one damage to each creature in each player. Uh, that's not great. That absolutely does not synergize with Velix, by the way, because <laughs> it just kills the one ones that he makes. Yep. Uh, when Plague Spitter is put into a graveyard from play, it deals one damage to each creature in each player. So yeah, this is just, a, it just says horror on it, which seems like why I was it's added to the deck. horrible. It's horrible. It does sound very horrible. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't synergize with your deck. It isn't doing what you're wanting to do. And a 2-2 with Menace because your commander also doesn't seem very incredible. So yeah, yeah three mana, not amazing. Uh, next up is Night Howler. It's one black, Ooh. black enchantment creature horror. Uh, bestow two black black uh, so you can put it onto something as an enchantment uh, night howler and enchanted creature each get plus x plus x where x is the number of creature cards in all graveyards it, it's not okay. the worst it's not the worst uh, but it could also be nothing in the beginning of the game and it is cool that when the enchanted creature dies it falls off and stays around yes but i can see why you cut it yeah night howler just not the strongest and again you want to be pulling creature cards out of people's graveyards and by doing that it's a little bit of anti-synergy yes right. you are milling those creature cards but you're also pulling stuff out and ending up making a night howler small in the process too much math my brain hurts yeah too much math well let's go with that <laughs> <laughs> all right next up is psychosis crawler five mana for a star star power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand i'm not liking it already and then whenever you draw a card each opponent loses one life this is not the deck that this should be in no absolutely this just not. happens to be a horror so yeah, not this, great synergy it here. belongs in like wheels decks stuff like that yeah they just put it in because it was a horror and it's a somewhat playable horror yeah. And that's what we're cutting. We're cutting the somewhat playable to bad horrors. All right, here's a new card, though, here, uh, which seems pretty powerful. I'm interested to see why you thought this could uh, use the cut. Okay, uh, so this one is Brain Stealer Dragon, five black black creature dragon horror. Uh, they're just putting the horror subtype on everything these days. <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty horrifying if you look <laughs> it at it. It does. Other, it really yeah. does. Flying at the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of each opponent's library. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. If you cast a spell this way, you may spend mana as though or many of any color to cast it. Whenever a non-land permanent an opponent owns enters the battlefield under your control, they lose life equal to its mana value. Right. So end step, you exile three cards, and now you can cast them using mana as though or mana of any color. And if it's a non-land permanent, like a creature or an enchantment artifact the opponent who's owned it originally uh loses life equal to the mana value yeah this one is a little bit more like night howler where you could keep it in the deck mm -hmm. and it's not going to be awful uh but for seven mana that's not exactly what you want to be doing because then you gotta exile things from an opponent's deck that has to be something that you want to cast and then you cast right. it uh anything where you have to spend the mana in order to play it just like it's takes, gonna slow down your regular game plan. yeah it slows down your regular game plan it just takes the card down a notch in my book which is why i really like captain the gathrod so much is because it just puts it into play you right. don't have to pay the mana cost or anything yep uh so seven mana for this and then if you want to play other things you also have to pay the mana for it. it's just so much yeah that does it's a lot. a lot next up is Douthy horror this is just a crappy card one in the black with shadow and it can't be blocked by white creatures yeah uh, i feel like if you're trying to just get through to do two damage to somebody and mill two cards just play like one of the two mana mill cards yeah there's plenty of other <laughs> just things play you can do. anything else that mills <laughs> yep nailith is next four black black for a four four horror with suspend seven for one in the black you're never gonna do that <laughs> whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere if nailith is suspended you may remove a time counter from it okay so sure you suspend it you mill them you can put this out of play earlier but based on some of the other cards we've seen here i think this again even if you just draw it as a six mana card late game you're you really hate yourself yeah <laughs> you're just, not happy it's just a four four with fear and that's not very good. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, this next one is a new card from Streets of New Capenna. I've lost to it plenty of times in Limited, but I don't, oh, it's think, a good it's, limited card. don't think it's very good here. No. Uh, it's Dust Mangler. It's five black black. Creature horror. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature, discard a card, or pay four life. And when it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature, discards a card, and loses four life. Gross. Just to cast it, you have to sack, discard, or pay four life? Yeah, it is or, and then when it enters, each opponent does all of them, which yeah. is pretty good. But paying seven mana for a five four, and you also have to do some other downside just not amazing not great not really what you want to be paying seven mana for in this right, deck right. you want to be enabling your own strategy not just playing an overcosted horror yep okay very nice so those are the 10 cards we would take out of the deck uh i must that's say not, that's not all of them oh no there's two more there's two more that's right i can not count yep maybe the uh maybe the uh, the brain sealer dragon has been affecting me too much yep uh this one people might yell at me for uh reflections of lit yara yeah interesting forward so. of blue for an enchantment when it enters the battlefield choose a creature type whenever you cast a spell of the chosen type copy that spell wow so you get a double of all of your horrors you're saying we should cut this card yes i'm saying we should cut this card because the horrors are not the key to the deck the ah. commander is the key to the deck you have to get your commander out care you you want cards to ramp out, cast your commander as fast as possible, and then also Mill have some them. horrors along the way. Right, you're not; those horrors are not the main mill source either. You hopefully are doing it through your other mill sources because that they're more consistent. Yes, and your opponents can't stop them from happening, like, like with ruin crab. Yeah, there's a lot of horrors in this deck naturally, which is probably why they have reflections of lit yara in, but getting a double of a three mana two two mm -hmm. uh, is still not very good right uh and at five mana you should be casting your commander getting on your game plan instead of playing this reflections where maybe you double up uh one of your horrors like, okay okay yeah it, it would be cool if you could get an extra consuming aberration but i see that as like the top end yeah and also it's pretty win more at that point it's, it's, it's like five mana more. enchantment i've even seen people be down on doubling season because it's a five mana enchantment that just takes too long to really get going. Yeah, I think this uh, Reflections of Lit Yara really shines in uh, decks that have a lower average mm, mana cost right. among their creatures. So like elves, uh, zombies, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, this ends up putting in a lot of work, but I don't think it's a great fit for this deck. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, keep that in mind. If you're playing tribal decks with low CMC spells, then yeah, this is really good. But if you're playing this like in a dragon deck, everything costs seven or eight, you're not going to get as much value out of it. You want to play like spell, spell, both of them are copied. Uh, not honestly i think this is better in a dragon's deck than it is in this deck yeah yeah well i mean <laughs> the dragons so. at least have crazy etbs and stuff but i'm saying you're you're saying the value is play a five mana spell the next turn you're able to yeah. you play two two mana spells and you get two copies of that instead of playing just one spell copying that one and yeah the card quality of the horrors is just not good enough yeah for that that makes sense yeah. okay cool and then last one is crippling fear two black black for a sorcery choose a creature type creatures that aren't of the chosen type get minus three minus three until end of turn it's a board wipe that's not about horrors and you're gonna cut it uh well <laughs> it's creatures that aren't of the chosen type get minus three minus three uh so this is one of the three board wipes in the deck none of them are super amazing but this one i like the least because mm -hmm. only minus three minus three may not kill things does not do enough in commander at least from my experience in the mm -hmm. pods that i play uh granted it is one-sided but even so hey your mail your mileage may vary you may be like sure. i play a bunch a bunch of against a bunch of elf decks this card is going instantly in my deck yeah yeah in, in that case if you have a pod that's a, like a lot lower to the grounds and i, I believe in garrick's wake is also in this deck uh okay. probably cut that instead yeah, yeah yeah you can choose which one that you like over the other one exactly sure. but uh, for for me i think crippling fear is the weakest of the okay. board wipes in the deck 
All right, Murph, so let's talk about how the deck plays or what your general strategy is when you're playing the deck. What do you think players should be keeping in mind when they shuffle up? Yeah, so when you shuffle up, your goal number one is player commander, player commander, player commander as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. This is not that strange of a thing because as it turns out, most commander decks revolve around their commander. Yeah, and you're, you're looking to try and play the turn or two early, right? But yeah, but that's especially the case in this because there's not a lot of setup that you can do once your commander's, uh, until your commander's out. Mm -hmm. Because you can't like preemptively fill graveyards too much. Right. Because... You may mill the thing you wanted to pull out with with your commander. Yeah, it's still fine to do some milling, but because it's an end step trigger that only cares about stuff that was put into the graveyard from this turn, you want to get your commander out as soon as possible so that you can start taking advantage of that effect as soon as possible. Yep, and you also wrote down here to sandbag the mill cards that you have until your commander's in play, which yes. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, if you have a two-mana spell that says each player mills ten cards... Well, that's cool, you and that's a lot of fun. <laughs> but you save that until after your commander is out, yeah, so that then yeah. you can take advantage of it, because otherwise, it's just not doing enough. Yeah, you're just milling them for no reason. So keep that Madden Cacophony in your hand. Maybe you're even able to kick it and mill everyone half their deck when the Gathrod out, and then blammo, you're in business. Exactly. So I, I think that's the big thing. Uh, you can play out some horrors early, because mm -hmm. those can start attacking and start getting the game plan yeah, going. Yeah, you want to ramp in horrors, and then as soon as you can get your commander out, get that out. Yes, ASAP. Uh, right. But other than that, it's like reasonably linear. But mm -hmm. the reason that it is reasonably linear is because you'll end up playing with a lot of creatures from other players' decks, which is not so linear. And that's the fun part, I think, about this deck is that you come up with cool little situations on the fly where you're like, oh, well, if I take this from this person's deck and I take this from this mm -hmm. person's deck, then these things go together. Oh, that's really cool. Right. And it comes up with a lot of very, very cool situations that you might not find yourself in. Very cool. like that a lot. All right. To the listeners, what do you think about the Mind Flayers deck, the pre-con? Are there any cards that we missed? Would you go in a different direction than what Murph has prescribed here? Would you keep some of the cards that he cut or would you cut some of the cards that he did not? Let us know. We want to hear your opinions in the comments section on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, all those great places. And as always, the comment section is a great place for you to even look. If you're looking for your own advice on the deck or if you're on our Patreon Discord, a great place. We usually put up channels to just discuss these pre-cons so you can figure out what other players are thinking about about yep. and how they might approach it all right of course if you want to buy this deck the pre-con or any of the singles we talked about today go to channelfireball.com slash command that's the channel fireball marketplace you can buy all the cards that you want there from local game stores around the country when you get those cards put them into an ultra pro sleeve you can find probably the uh the mind flare sleeves or the play mats i know there's a lot of themed around stuff especially around the pre-cons so if you want to theme out your pre-con deck you really love what the gatherod is doing here you can do that there's so, captain the gatherod play mats i oh, know yeah yeah there's super sweet definitely the captain the gatherod play mat so yeah. go to shop.ultrapro.com slash command that's our affiliate link and by doing so you're supporting the show and more importantly you're getting the stuff that you need to make your magic game super duper awesome nice okay murph we're going on to the end step now where we're talking about something cool outside the world of magic you're, you're rubbing your hands together you got something i came prepared all right hit it up oh you're pulling something out show oh, and tell all right, for those of you watching along <laughs> at home, Murph just pulled out not just an N64 with a cartridge in it, but an N64 sitting on something that's even bigger than the N64, almost twice the height. It looks like an N64, and then a cartridge on the side here. Murph, what are we looking at? <laughs> so this is a Nintendo 64 disk drive. So if you don't know, I like collecting things. I like collecting magic cards. I like collecting yeah. video games. Retro stuff, especially. Yes, so the Nintendo 64 disk drive is... Holy moly, I've never seen this in my life. Right? <laughs> and I love the Nintendo 64. Yeah. There were only like 10,000 made, only released in Japan, only about 10 games made for them. 
uh, at all. So they're very, very rare. You don't see them super often, again, because they were never released here. Right. Um, what do you do with the disk drive? So the disk drive only has about 10 games that go with it, and most of them are like Mario Paint. Uh, okay. Type games. Uh, but the one that I really wanted was uh, F-Zero X Expansion Kits. Wait, what is this? Yeah, so here. Holy moly. Oh, I should open it up. So they come on these like little plastic floppy disk type what things. What the heck, dude? Right. Instruction manuals all in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is this an expansion to the game? Yeah. So with F-Zero X, you have uh, just the regular base game. Lots of fun. Uh, play it if you haven't already. Yep. Um, so you put it in. And then, if you have the Japanese version of the game, and you have the F-Zero X expansion kit put on the Nintendo 64 disk drive, you stick it in. Oh, I can do this backwards. So good. Nice. Sticks in like that, and it's basically DLC from 1998. Whoa! So it adds new tracks, it looks like. It It adds adds new new tracks. It adds, uh, not only that, it adds a car editor. Whoa! And it adds a track editor, which is basically the tools that the developers use to make the tracks. So it's like an SDK, a a developer kit, basically. Exactly. now you have access to it as the player yourself. In, like, DLC form. Wow. It's the coolest thing ever. This is super cool. Yeah. One, I didn't even know this disk drive existed. (laughs) That's so cool that that the expansion unit, and you have one of the very rare ones made around the world. Yeah. Uh, The the way I got this is that Cal from Playing With Power Uh was like, I'm going to buy a, I want to buy a Panasonic Q. And I'm like, you're not going to buy a Panasonic Q. If you buy a Panasonic Q, I'll buy an N64 disk drive. Nice. One week later, Cal's like, look at my Panasonic Q. I'm like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> so got me I there. Scoured, I scoured eBay, tried to find one. There was one listing that I saw that had like all, it had like eight out of the 10 games wow. in it. It had like the mouse, everything to go with it. And oh, I'm like, for Mario Paint and all for that. For Mario Paint and all that. I'm like, hmm. That looks very cool, but it's also like $2,500. Whoa, okay, that's a <laughs> so lot. So I was like, okay, we're not doing that. So I ended up going with this one, got the F-Zero X expansion kit to go with it. Have you played it yet? I have, yes. I'm not very good with the track editor because, again, all the text is in Japanese. Yeah, yeah you can't figure out exactly what's happening yeah, yet. There's also like uh, music tracks that are exclusive to this disk drive. Cool. So if you play the uh, Rainbow Road circuit, it'll take a remix of the Mario 64 Rainbow Road track. Cool. And play it on the Rainbow Road circuit. It's Can you see that awesome. disc again? Can you pop it out? Yeah. Watch this. this. It ejects like a VCR. <laughs> this is so wild. I The N64 was one of the most formula, uh, formulating, I don't know, it was one of the most iconic, influential, influential, influential yeah. <laughs> systems I've ever played. And I had no idea that this disk drive thing existed. Yeah. So this is very, very cool. Um, there's a whole world and market for people that just collect retro things, uh, especially like unopened boxes of games. Those are like super expensive and really high condition. I don't do, I don't do unbox or well, you complete can, you can't play it. And, yeah, you can't play it because I want to be able to like plug this in and play it plug it into the tv yeah. i have like an old uh professional video monitor like an old crt old tv CRT, at nice, home nice. yeah you can we plug should show a, a picture by the way of your home setup with all the consoles it's really Boom. impressive it looks like this three tvs like <laughs> it's cool 20 consoles it's, it's the perfect place to go over and have like a game night too because you can just go and look and be like holy crap i can play so many things that i just remember from my childhood and all yeah, that we've been playing like mario party with people from the office nice. like every saturday it's that's been a lot great. of fun that's awesome well very cool murph thank you for bringing this in this is truly a piece of history yeah no problem uh, and a lot of people watching along at home if you're especially if you're younger you might go what the heck is an n64 (laughs) it's a nintendo
Very cool. So that is the best end step I think we've ever had on the show. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, Murph. <laughs> uh, moving on to the cleanup step. Big thanks to everyone here at the Command Zone podcast. Uh, we have Arthur Meadowcroft, Shauna Gillis, Damon Lenz, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Josh Lee Kwai, Josh Murphy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you faked me out there. Yeah, I faked you out. Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Wallagrov, Galati, Truck Tie, Jamie Block, Evan Limberger, and Mitch Trafford. Very Woo-hoo. nice. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, as always. He does the Living Card animations that start our show. You can find them at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. Thank you very much. That's it. That's the Mind Flares Budget Precon Upgrade Guide. Great stuff here murph and some good insight and wisdom as always and of course a very cool console <laughs> to go along with it well, thank you all right everyone thanks so much for watching we'll see you next time peace Bye. out thank you for your attention for further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.